Jesus said, I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Please pray with me. Dear God in heaven, we ask you once again to join us here in this place this morning, and we trust that you have kept your promise and are here. May my words now be your words, and all of our thoughts your thoughts. We ask this in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I don't know if you noticed, (laughs) wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Uh, But today is what the church has traditionally called Good Shepherd Sunday. We really sort of rub your nose in it, don't we? The collect of the day. O God, whose Son, Jesus Christ, is the Good Shepherd of your people, grant that when we hear his voice, we may know him, who calls us each by name and follow where he leads, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God forever and ever. Amen. Uh, The assigned 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. Two of the hymns we've selected for this morning are called, My Shepherd Will Supply My Need and The Good Shepherd. And of course, the reading from John chapter 10, I am the, wait a minute, I am the gate And it's true, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Every fourth Sunday of Easter is Good Shepherd Sunday. And every year of our three-year cycle of readings, we read from John chapter 10. But in year A, which we are in now, we read verses 1 through 10 and actually don't get Jesus saying that he is the good shepherd. Here he says that he is the gate. Now in year B, next year, we'll read verses 11 to 18 in which Jesus does refer to himself as the good shepherd explicitly. That's the famous I am statement. I am the good shepherd. And then in year C... We read verses 22 to 30, in which though Jesus doesn't, again, use the words good shepherd, he does talk about his sheep hearing his voice and following him. So it seems like in order to do justice to Good Shepherd Sunday, and in order to get the full effect of what Jesus is saying in John 10, we're going to need to look at the whole section of Scripture, even even if just because Good Shepherd Sunday sounds so much better than Good Gate Sunday. (laughs) So here's Jesus in John chapter 10, talking about sheep and shepherds and a gate. Very truly, we heard read, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. 
And Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me, thieves and bandits, I am the gate. And I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And now verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand doesn't care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And then skipping down just a few more verses At that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter. Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. The Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. So I want to filter all of that this morning down into just two things, a two-point sermon for you today. First, who is Jesus? Just small questions. Uh, And second, what about these wolves and thieves and hired hands? And in the end, we're going to see that who Jesus is, the author and perfecter of our faith, as Hebrews puts it, Jesus is in himself how we deal with the wolves and the thieves and the hired hands. So let's look at these two things one at a time. First, who is Jesus? And what immediately jumps out to me when I read this whole section of John chapter 10, where Jesus is talking about himself in relation to a sheepfold and wolves and a gate and a gatekeeper, the first thing that jumps out to me is that Jesus is not just setting himself up as part of a larger story. He doesn't have one role to play. He's not either the gate or the shepherd, and the two shouldn't be played off against one another. Jesus is playing all the roles. Just follow the line of the story. He says he's the gate. He says he's the shepherd. He is the gatekeeper. He is not part of this story. He is this story. He is the author and perfecter of faith. The gatekeeper, the gate, and the shepherd. Jesus is the way you get in, and Jesus is the one who lays down his life for you. 
He welcomes you into the fold as the open gate, and he is the one who leads you as the good shepherd to green pastures and beside still waters. Jesus restores your soul. You could easily get yourself all turned around trying to figure out who exactly Jesus is in this story. But these scriptures, this section of John 10, is actually showing us something very simple, albeit with profound implications. Jesus is everything. This was actually the message of the worldwide Anglican conference that I attended last week in Kigali, Rwanda. I promise I'm not going to refer to my time in Kigali every week for the next 10 years. I remember one time when I was in Kigali. um, (laughs) But the Bible studies there, led by bishops and archbishops, of course, were taken from the book of Colossians. And this was an overriding theme that Jesus is everything. He is the image St. Paul writes to the Colossians in chapter 1, of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. How many times does Paul use the word? All. Preeminence. Everything. Jesus is making these same kinds of claims, like the claims that Paul is making in Colossians, about himself here in John chapter 10. He is the gate. He is the gatekeeper. He is the shepherd. He is everything. That's who Jesus is. But... But there are other things creeping around the sheep pen, aren't there? There are thieves, bandits, hired hands, wolves. Wolves who would devour the sheep if given half a chance. Hired hands who will abandon the sheep at the first sign of trouble. But even in the midst of these adversaries, and this is our second point this morning, even while Jesus does acknowledge the truth of the situation, that there are wolves, that there are hired hands, there are thieves and bandits around, there is still good news. Notice the way that Jesus talks about the sheep, his sheep, as though they are perfectly safe with him. As though he is in control, utterly confident and able to protect from beginning to end, that he knows his sheep and his sheep know him, that no one can snatch them from his hand. And this good news speaks volumes about the relationship of this shepherd to his sheep, about your Savior's relationship 
to you. Now, Jesus will, of course, in the parable of the lost sheep, allow for the fact that sheep can and do become lost. But there, as here, it's the shepherd that takes action. It's the shepherd, Jesus, who readily leaves the 99 who are not lost to recover the one who is. And here, Jesus says that he will lay down his life for the sheep. This is the good news in the midst of a world full of wolves and thieves. These sheep are protected because of just how good a shepherd Jesus is. Because of how open a gate Jesus is. And because of how clearly he speaks to his sheep. They hear his voice and they know that he is good. That he is protecting them. That he will die for them. That's why Christ's sheep, you and me, can have peace. But... As Jesus acknowledges, there are wolves. There are hired hands who abandon the flock. There are those who would break in and steal, who would attack and destroy. And as sheep in this world, we may find ourselves in the midst of wolves. We may mistakenly submit to hired hands. We may be waylaid by thieves and bandits. We As sinners, you and I are particularly susceptible to these things. In fact, we often seek out these things. The wolves and thieves of life can often make really attractive offers. Things like, you don't need a shepherd, they tempt. Come with me. Be your own boss. You do you. And such offers are awfully tempting to our ears. And in our temptation, it is easy to forget that thieves and wolves both desire to kill sheep. This is actually what that Kigali meeting was all about. Anglicans gathered from all over the world to remind each other that we are prone to seek out hired hands and thieves. That we have all too often followed after false shepherds. We came together, in fact, to point out some of these thieves, some of these false shepherds, even tragically some who are inside the fold with the sheep, actively leading some astray. We came together to help each other recognize them, to call them to repentance, and to remind each other what our good shepherd, Jesus Christ's voice, sounds like. The theme of the conference was, To Whom Shall We Go? A reference to John 6, in which many of Jesus' disciples, after some difficult teaching, depart from him. They leave the voice of their good shepherd behind. Jesus turns to the twelve and asks, Do you want to go away as well? And Simon Peter answers him, Lord, To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. To whom shall we go? This is just another way of saying, whom shall we make our shepherd? To whose voice 
shall we listen? To submit ourselves to anyone but Jesus and his word is a grievous error. To some other teacher, to the philosophies of this age, to our own hearts. Only Jesus, only Jesus is the good shepherd. We hear his voice today in the Bible, the Holy Scriptures, the apostolic witness, and God's holy word given to the church. Our time in Africa was a powerful time of confession and repentance, which is the cornerstone of our Christian faith. In our service of morning prayer, for instance, these are the first words out of our mouths. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And apart from your grace, there is no health in us. We have erred and strayed from his ways like lost sheep. There is no health in us. And yet, even sinners like us need not fear. For we have a good shepherd. We are not apart from his grace. A shepherd who will leave the 99 safe sheep to rescue us. The one who is in trouble. We need not fear. We have an open gate. A gate that will welcome us home no matter how far from the fold We have strayed. Indeed, the reason that Jesus can leave the gate so wide open is is that he is 100% certain of his ability not only to save the sheep, but to sustain them in their salvation. And how is it that such grace and mercy, such forgiveness and rescue are possible? Because Jesus has laid down his life for the sheep. Jesus has laid down his life for you. Jesus, whose love for you is more powerful than any wolf, whose care for you is more profound than any hired hand, whose blood is more binding than the promise of any thief or bandit. Without him, you are lost. But with him, there is absolutely nothing to fear. Here is the source of our safety and the gospel, the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are locked to our shepherd by his blood shed for us. When Jesus says that his sheep know him, this is what he means. His sheep know that he has sacrificed everything for them. He has sacrificed everything for you. We sheep will never have another master. We will follow his voice and his voice alone. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Asks Paul in Romans chapter 8. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No. 
in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is Christ our Lord. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Wolves? Hired hands? Thieves and bandits? No. They will try. But nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So today, this is good news for you. You may and do feel set upon by wolves, lured by thieves and bandits, tricked by hired hands. To whom shall you go? You have a good shepherd, Jesus Christ. He and he alone has the words of eternal life. Listen to his voice. You have an open gate, Jesus Christ. Confess, repent, come home to him. He is full of grace and mercy. You have a savior, Jesus Christ, who gave his very life for you. He knows you and you are his. Nothing can snatch you from his hand. And in him, by his grace, you are safe now and always. Amen.